This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. <gasps> he feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good afternoon and welcome to a edition of Who Are Ya? We are launching a brand new podcast. This is basically finding out about some of uh, the one and all out there across social media and across all platforms to do with Millwall. Um, and today's guest, you probably know him more as his YouTube drive home, none other then Tony. So it's uh, what's what's your official name? Is it Drive Time Tony? No, Mill will drive home. Mill will drive, drive home. home. That's it. That's, it's, it. It, that's the channel name, but my official name is Tony. Um, right. Although nearly everybody calls me TT. So even at Mill, most people will shout at TT and through, through school and because it's quite catchy. And then I thought Mill TT sounds good from that was my Twitter name and the drive home with TT works rather than the drive home with Tony. I think it just cat it just caught on and. Now my, I think technically my official, like it's my my, my Millwall name is TT. People know me as TT. See, my my Millwall name is Cunt, um, <laughs> yeah. and I think Everyone, that's one. Everybody's Millwall name is that at some stage or another. I think that's it. Or um, if you look on Hoff, I think my my official name on Hoff is uh, here. Come back to you. I'll be. I'll come back to you. So uh, yeah, because yeah. it was an easy way. I was told, you know, told by Peter Garston when I started doing fan board that if anyone gets something, just you need to acknowledge their email and just say that you come back to them. So uh, I've spoken so, to the club, and unfortunately, they're not trying. They're not. They're not thinking in the same way as we are at the moment. But hopefully, in the future, we'll change it. That's that's uh, that's the, the standard meal response. Although you don't, you had a few wins. I had a few wins. Leeds was probably the best win. 
Yeah, and that was that's made a mess. That has made and that a was, massive difference. And that was the only reason I wanted to do Fan of the Board, if I'm honest. And, uh, not not and thinking I could stick it in a service station. What about no. And also, when I joined, there was over 200 and, about 260 fans on long-term bands. And I think when I left, I think that was now less than 50. Um, because people weren't given an op opportunity to come back. So they were just literally banned. So someone who was banned 15 years ago didn't actually get that chance to be able to say, well, look, now I'm changed. I've got, you know, half a dozen kids, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. We, we're, we're very rarely yeah. ever heard anyway. You know, Mill fans, we're tarnished and targeted by our own club a lot of the time, which is disappointing, but more importantly, by everybody else. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's it. You know, it's, 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 it is who we are, you know, it's not, that's not going to change overnight. It's not going to, in fact, I don't think it'll ever change. I think we'll always be that. And if I'm being honest with you, I quite like that. That makes us different. That makes us special. No, I totally agree with you. I think I think you're right, and uh, I think Shona, the new um, fan liaison, has got our job. It's a thankless task. Hopefully, she gets paid shitload of money, which probably doesn't. But it is a thankless task. Like no, I, you know, it is a thankless task, and it's hard. It's hard work. So um, let's crack on with these uh, questions. You've got twenty questions. You've answered them one. You've answered the first one of uh, who you are and whatnot. Um, we obviously we leave out your occupation. What age are you, Tone? I am 37. Oh, fucking how depressing. I know, I look, I look 50, and that's what me all does to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Honestly, <laughs> people, people, have, people have said to me many times, because when I do the drive home, or when they speak to me, I am like this now. I'm relaxed, I'm calm, mm. I'm quite um, reasonably eloquent, and I very rarely swear in, in, in normal life. Yeah. If they see me in the ground, if they, if they see me actually watching the game, I'm, I'm a nightmare to sit next to. I absolutely lose my 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 shit. There's no there's no other way of putting it. I really wish I wasn't like that. But Mill to me is a drug. Like football's a drug. Yeah. But Mill to me, I've never taken drugs in my entire life, which some people will question why not. But um, I've never done it. I've never <laughs> done drugs in my entire life. But for, because I don't need it. I always think going to me uh, the, the emotion and the up and down that I get with. Following up the team, even if I'm not at the game, it just, I, I'm, it's the 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 heart and emotion that I have watching them is just, it's just something special. I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't put into words what it does to me. But I wouldn't like miss. Obviously, with what's happening at the moment, you you can't. Repl nothing replaces actually smelling the grass, no. seeing people you know, and, and yep. cheering on the point. It's, it's it's a special feeling. No, that's it. So, um, so I suppose we we'll go on. Question two is, um, how did you come to become a Millwall supporter? Then, well, two, two, two answers to this question. The first of all, it's my dad. Um, my dad was massive Millwall, um, very passionate, a lot more uh, old school Millwall than I am, <laughs> if I can say it. Far more, far more politically incorrect. Far more of a Proper Millwall. Proper Yeah, he's proper wall and his stories, a lot of them all end up getting him into trouble. He probably would be banned if, he, if most of the time <laughs> with what he's done and how he's followed Millwall. So he took me to the den, but also we're, I was born and brought up in New Cross. So I literally lived two minutes from the old den under the cold blow. He walked under the cold blow lane, the tunnels, and I lived on the housing estate the other side. And I, I remember walking under those tunnels and it just, it never, it's weird because a lot of people would have fear 
But for me, it was just pure excitement. It was just, it, it made you the hairs on you, even five or six or, you know, you just, I, I remember walking through there thinking this is just something special. And I, I absolutely loved going to the old, and obviously you probably wished I was probably 10 years older when we moved to the other stadium, but we'll get onto that. But yeah, so basically my dad, um, it's my dad's fault that I support Millwall, so all the blame goes to him. So what's your first Millwall memory then, or any, or first impression you got apart from the tunnel? Yeah, um, the first Millwall memory that I have, funny enough, is when we were in the top flight. Um, I remember being abs- on the stanchions and watching Mill versus QPR in the t- where we beat them 3-2. And I remember Herlock's goal going in. And it's weird because although I was young, I think I was six, it felt like for me that was it. I wanted, I, I, this is what I always wanted. I wanted to do that. And, I, and, I, and it's, I remember so little about my childhood, but most of what I do remember it is Millwall. And I remember the... I remember the way the terraces were. I remember the smell, which was awful. I remember pissing on a wall, you know, literally standing up a wall with a gutter underneath it. And yeah. and you just, that was my first first meal memory. And I just thought, you know, the raw, and obviously we went top of the league and West Ham were bottom of the league. So of, of all the times you're going to start supporting me a wall, um, that wasn't my first game that I went to. I think my dad took me to a few others, but... That was the first one I really remember. That was the first one where you really remember, the QBR 3-2. 3-2. So, goal. So, were you um, CBL um, halfway line seats or Ilderton Road? I, I did a bit, well, I'd done a bit of the, see, uh, the cold low lane and then we went into the family stand. But I just remember that all the kids used to go down the front of the cold low lane and you used to stand there with mates. And I remember a friend next to me and he's shouting out like, like you did as kids and you're thinking you're part of it. And I remember him swearing and some, some geezer behind him just clapped him around the back of the head and went, you don't fucking swear, son. It's not his dad. <laughs> just absolutely meeted out to him. And I thought, yeah, that is, that, that's the Mill family right there. Some other dads just absolutely launched over his head and said, you do not swear. And, um, and, it, and that resonated with me enough. And, and my kids... Do you know, like I said, I don't normally swear in in life, but I've ne- I've never heard my daughters swear. My daughters are nineteen and eighteen, and I've got um, obviously Zach that comes along to to every game, and well, Layla does, and she's like, like I said, she's eighteen. But I've never heard never heard any of my kids swear, and yet when they go to Mill, they hear some pretty flagrant language, and most of it's coming from me, to be honest. But yeah, um, I think it's important that you you have boundaries. Yet football's clearly explained, and Mill's clearly explained, and we have kind of a honour system, a kind of a way of living life. And, and that, I like that about Millwall. I like the way we do that. I think the, the one thing with Millwall, if you're an outsider or you're new to following Millwall, you don't know the rules that Millwall have unless you've grown up. With, yeah, unless you've grown up or you've been instigated into it, then the rules are very, very plenty. And it's not like any other team. If you, if you step out of one of those rules... You will be dug out, um, and you know yeah. it's the same. And, and, it's, as... and it's weird because one of the, one of the things that you know we, recently we've been tarnished of being a racist club or some things like that. That is one of the big things with uh, not the, you know not race. We never had the NF at Millwall. They were kicked out. You know we were you know they were at Chelsea, but they never came into the den. And 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 things like that. like I said, it's a moral code. Kids shouldn't be swearing. You know the way we look after each other, the way that we passionately defend the club 
And we all get, to be fair, we all get baited into it on a regular basis. So certainly on social media, so many of us, there'll be some bullshit story that comes out that we all know is rubbish. And instead of just ignoring it, which is what we should do, we all get our backs up. We all go Millwall. We all, and it is, it, I explain to people, that you can be Millwall. Millwall is a, it's a, it's a, it's a verb. It's a, you can, it's, it's not just, you can, people say, you can't be Cholton. Cholton's a football club. Don't get me wrong, you could be part of the family in Cholton, but going Millwall doesn't necessarily mean going mental. Going Millwall means looking after your own. It means passionately defending what we stand for. It means means no one likes us. And and although we don't care, because I genuinely don't care, we can't help defending ourselves, especially when we we do so much good. Like far more than most. I think far more than most clubs. Yeah, I think Panama. Panorama 77 ruined it. Panorama 77 went off on a tangent. And unfortunately, since then, we've had to defend ourselves with the media. And, you know, yeah, people... Yeah, but even in the 50s, the, the den was closed. <laughs> so no, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. All, the way, all but, the way through history, we are... We, and it's because of where, we, where we're from, you know. Yeah. The, the docks of London were, were a harsh place to be. They weren't easy. And they, you would go to the ground. And it, that's people that that had, a, again, a certain moral code. And it's why, although most mere wall, you know, and you, I know that this was a question later on, but our biggest rivals by a long way is West Ham. And anyone that says any different is chatting out their arse. It will always be West Ham. But the most, most akin and most alike to us yeah, as West fans is West Ham. The tr- yeah. tr- tr- traditional West Ham. I'm not talking yeah. about the plan fans that watch them at the um, the dildo bowl or whatever they have at the moment yeah. i'm talking about traditional west standard the, the docks of london that, and they they were very similar to us and that's why they they are ha- uh, we hate them and they hate us because we are so similar and it, you know if you get chatting to one in a pub and you didn't know it was west Ham, you'd get on like a house on fire and as soon as the cup as soon as you play a game or the club colors come out and then it, then it's a different story but it, it's you know, just, certain it, clubs have a certain way of doing things. I totally agree. And also the thing that gets me is that the modern day the modern day fan sits there and says, Oh, hooliganism and all that. Well, hooliganism saved a lot of fans bacon over the years, a lot of time. And regardless of what you want to do, you're never going to get rid of that history. That's part of our history, born and bred. And for whatever reason, you're never going to get rid of that history. And they have, you know, the difference with us and any other team is that we don't have fans who come out and write books. Because what goes on goes on, and it's a Burmese moral. Yeah. It's a Burmese moral, you know. There, there's a code yeah. in Burmese that you don't speak your business. You know, most people don't know people's real names. Everyone's got a nickname, and you just you go about and do what's what. Like you said, with the NF, all of that. Look, we never had all that. Chelsea had combat A and NF. All the other it, teams had it all. We, ne- we never had it. We, we never had it, and it and it doesn't matter whether we did or not, because everyone will assume it. Because yeah. you know, as a kid growing up in New Cross, um, and then you know. I went to a predominantly, you know, ethnic school. So a lot of people that I grew up with from, from all over the world. My, my best mate was from um, Barbados. He'd come to the den with me. Absolutely, you know, absolutely loved football. And, and, and you just think that it's, it's easy to say. But we, you know, I, I, I was kind of bullied at school for being Millwall, for being a skinhead, for, 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 for the assumption that I was doing something wrong, even though I actually would quite an advocate. For, for tolerance in, in society. I think it's massively important. And, and if you're from New Cross in the era that I grew up in, you grew up with everybody. Like you grew up, you know, you grew up with people from all over the, 
all over the world, especially the, the Caribbean and parts of Africa. And it, and that, that, that is my history. That is my, that is a part of who I am. And I don't think that people kind of realize and that's something that, you know, the club try massively hard to do. And, but because of the stigma, stigma that we still have, like you, if you look at the amount of people that go to me all from the local area now, it's, it's tiny. Most people like myself have moved out. You know, most of them live in Kent or Essex. Um, very few now live in and around the ground. And we, if, to make us a proper club, we need to get the local people that are surrounding us to come to the den, but not be like the West Ham fans that go. It's the, we're, Millwall's not a popcorn eating kind of club. No, you, and I never want it to be like that. I'd rather us play in the conference and be the Millwall that we are than playing the Premier League or even the Championship and have to sit there and sit not stand up and not and and mind the fact that I might be swearing or not give the referee an absolute folly. If I have to sit there and with my hands on my laps or my, my finger over my lips, then Mill wasn't Mill to me anymore. And that's happened at most modern day clubs. Most clubs that are now in the Premiership have to adhere by different rules. Well, that will never be Mill to me. And if it ever, if ever they ever tried it. They'd lose the traditional fan base. And to be fair, if Mill ever lost our hardcore, like West Ham have lost a lot of their hardcore, if we lost our hardcore, we'd have no club. Because no plastic fans are coming out to watch us. Fully agree. I mean, we've got loads of tourists now and not a lot who, who come along for whatever reason. But yeah. Millwall is Millwall and, and you can't change the, to- the tourists that come to watch us are the, the they're, they're always the hooligan element of... Vitesse Arnhem or Roda in, or, or Karlsruhe or, or some team in Germany. They're always, they always like a little bit of naughtiness and they come to me all because of the, the atmosphere yeah. that, that we create. And sometimes the, the Den is a stadium where if it's buzzing, it's better than any ground that I've ever been to in the world. By, and I've, I've, been, I've seen 80 games at the New Camp. But the Den when it's buzzing is absolutely superb. The Den when it's the other way, when we are against our team or we're not up for it, is horrendous to be in. And it's a horrible place to play when you're a middle player. Like, if things are not going our way, especially if you're one of the players that have been scapegoated or you, you like, like your James Henrys or your Paul Highfields, if, you, if things are not going our way and you're the scapegoat, you are going to hear a bucket load of, of abuse. And that's just, that's just who we are. And that's, ne- I hope to be honest, that that never changes. Now, I think the problem is with football now is the FA. The FA, with whatever reason, sponsorship, this and that, and their stupid rules, they've got a rule what what basically will make clubs liable that if fans misbehave, like we found out with the um, with the Everton with the chant, where a couple of fans fucking stupidity on Snapchat, no one knows who it was, no one, and, and that's proper people who, no one knows who done it, they can't be found. Um, was it a setup? I don't know. Would I put it past being a setup? No, would I fuck from from the FAM or from some other organisation? I, would, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't put, put it past, past anybody. I wouldn't uh, put it past anybody. But the thing is, a lot of the stuff that happens at Millwall is black humour. It's dark, like it's it's banter. It's supposed it's to be a joke. It's, it's an old. It's on the buses, carry on kind of taking the piss out of people without. No massive intent, you know. That even the the the, the reported chant that was sung, and, and it's supposed to be derogatory. But it's supposed to be derogatory towards Everton fans rather than anybody else. I mean, look, that, and, I mean and, that chant. I mean, don't get me wrong. That chant was still a racist chant. There was racist terminology yeah, it, used it, in that it, chant. It's uh, racist terminology, but it's not. It's not supposed to be 
you know, it's not dig, it's not supposed to be digging anybody out. Things like that, and, and I'm, I'm not condoning it because it's not, it's not. No, right. it's definitely no. I, I, look, it, it is, and it's. But I mean, the trouble is now that realistically, now with the laws, and obviously, well, I was fan on the board at the time, and when it all come out, the problem is, is that you could sit there now, and um, a football team comes down, and you could sit there and pick on one thing and go. Um, you fat bastards, you're just a, or you're just a town full of fat bastards or, or whatever you want to do. If someone takes offence to that, then that becomes a criminal offence. So that becomes harassment, whatever. So gone are the times where, you know, obviously I understand Brighton with homophobic stuff you can't do anymore. But I mean, that was all, that wasn't done. I don't believe that those chants were ever done in, in a homophobic way. They were done because of the connotations of what was always being associated with Brighton, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, Rotherham, obviously, when people sit there and scream, oh, you're just a town full of nonsense. Unfortunately, you can be arrested. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can be arrested. I totally agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. But you can be arrested for that. If you yeah. say that at a football yeah. match, you can be arrested. And that, to me, is where football's treading a fine line. Yes, racism. Yes, homophobic. Yes, OK, look, we've moved forward in the human race and, and everything else we move forward. But... You still got to be able to square. You You've got to be, be able to. Someone Listen, if the line holds a cunt, if the line holds yeah. a ref's a cunt, it's Which a cunt. Is it? Which are really if it's real yes, war, it. they yes, are. It. Yes, <laughs> it's yes, almost yes, guaranteed. So, so the new den. Do you like yes. it? Love it? And where do you sit? Well, at, I'm, I remember my um, best ever Christmas present was a half season ticket, um, and I remember getting it. And my dad wrapped it up in about sixty different packages. Like it was wrapped in carpet and. It was the first time I had um, a season ticket. So I went to games, but I never, he never got us a season ticket. And I remember opening it up and, and he got, my, I was 13 and my sister was 12. And he got me and her season tickets on our own in block 10. So in the cold blow, while my mum and, and, and him sat right by the away dugout. Now, I don't know why he positioned himself right by the away dugout, but I, I have a feeling it was to give the away um, management some kind of pleasantry greetings. Um, but I remember going up to the to Colblow Lane and 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 and, it's, and it was a rite of passage, really. It was never the Colblow Lane when when I was a kid. It was the South Stand. So it was. I remember going up there, and we, me and my sister would always stand at the back. And at thirteen, because I had quite a, a reasonably high pitched voice, but fourteen, I try I I'd try I try and start songs. It got deeper. My voice got deeper. Now my voice at Millwall now is very deep and in very aggressive, and that was born out of being there in in block ten, and now then when I, when my kids started growing up, we started going to block ten. But it, um, I wanted to get seats that that, that we could sit in, so um, to have a decent view. So then we moved to the the docker stand, and now we sit we sat right on the halfway line for a few years until they made the the kids seats really cheaper, and then we moved to the family enclosure. Now Hello. I sit in the family enclosure. Hello. I probably shouldn't sit in the family enclosure because I'm not... Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably agree with you there, fella. I'll go back to my first memory of you ever. Right? My first memory of you ever was with a... Um, I can't think what the game was now. I can't think who he was playing for. But it was with um, McLeary. Was it? Yeah, it is McLeary, isn't it? McLean. McLean. James McLean. That's it. And he was warming up. On the, um, I was, I was with, uh, oh, where was I? I was in Block 15, um, East Upper, which is just next to where the family stand is. And there was a geezer and his missus, and this geezer stood up and sang the whole of the national anthem 
to James McKay, who is training, who is warming up, and word for word, every fucking verse, every word, everything come out of that, proper pronunciated, proper fucking passion in it, at him. Uh, and that was my first ever experience of you. I didn't know who the fuck you were. And it weren't until many years later that when we first met face to face, and I went, I recognise your face. And I went, do you sit here? when you went, yeah, it was, yeah, it was me, you know. It weren't my proudest moment, but no, it was me. So that was my first thing. So, yeah, I reckon you probably don't deserve to see fucking a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, and again, it's, we're talking about a code. And I think that if you go into Millwall, there's a certain level of language that's going to be used. I try not, I try not to use the C word in the family enclosure. I fail sometimes, certainly, certainly but never at our own team. It's always going to be at the, at the ref or an opposer. Because I, I find it like that day, I, I'm in, I am intolerant of people that don't respect where they are, where they're from. Yeah. And I hate the fact that people come down here and disrespect. I don't feel like people disrespecting me. You know, people, like a player that will put his hands to his lips, yeah. like um, the fella from Charlton, Lecco. You know, it's one nil to us. That You know, obviously, things like that. As soon as I see a player react to us, you are getting both barrels from me because that means we are in the game. And as soon as I know we're in the game, you're getting it from me. Regardless, I don't care anybody else. I'll make it my mission to try and put you off. And I think that I'm not in the minority in that. There are a lot of Mill fans that will, will take that. And I know that it's the family enclosure, but it's, it's the Millwall family enclosure. It's not the Arsenal family enclosure. If you're coming to Millwall to sit on the terraces and hear pleasantries and clap and rave, uh, wave a rattle, then you're in, I, I just think you're in the wrong place. Like I said, my children never swear. They, are, they will never swear. My, my, son will, my son will call out. Like my son started to get that thing. He will call out of the ref. And fans around him will, will smile and laugh and think, "Cor, he's right into the game for a, for a, well, he's now nine. It was his birthday on Sunday. Um, he will call out to the ref, but he's never abusive. He's never, he will never mm. swear. Mm. But, it, you know, I'm an adult. You, it's a right of passage. And if you come to me, well, regardless of whether you're, a, you've got to expect it's slightly different to what you would get at other. There's, other, there's loads of forms of entertainment, especially in London. You can yeah. go to the theatre or the cinema or go to the park. There are loads of places you can go moment. where you won't. You can't, you you can't, won't well, not at the moment. Yeah, you can't get outside your bedroom. But no, no. There are loads of places you can, go, you can go generally where you won't hear some bad language. Unfortunately for them, fortunately for me, Millwall, I hope, will never be one of those places. I'll, I'll second you on that. Uh, uh, yeah, as long as I can breathe, it'll be fucking something what I'll always stand up for and, and protect. But I would so, say the, the, the den as a whole... You know, there's talk about because obviously I was young at the old den, but I remember obviously my first memories are where it was really loud. But the den when it gets loud, the den at the Huddersfield playoff game, the the Leicester in the cup, yeah. the the yeah. games where it means something. And there's no coincidence that when the den is like eighty percent full, our record is virtually that's why it's so good in the FA Cup. That our record is virtually we're virtually unbeaten against massive teams in massive games. Yeah. Because it, we really do have the 12th man. The players, yeah. every, every player that you hear interviewed, every, um, every supporter that comes to the ground for a big game will always go, flipping hell, that is, 
that is something different. And and I, like Zach's been mascot a couple of times. He's never won it through the uh, the season ticket thing, which I'm a little bit peeved about. But we've we've had to pay for it, but it was worth it because walking to the centre circle just before kickoff, the the stands of the ground feel like they literally envelop you. It feels like it's an indoor stadium, and that everybody's right on top of you. And that's why, like I said, when I'm in it, when I'm sitting in it, I'm going to make sure that I'm making a difference because I'm not, I'm not there to just watch. I'm there. I'm not playing, but I am participating. I am a. It's unbelievable. A, that that ground yeah, it, is. Just, I've I've been, I've been pitch side. I've been centre. I've been on different, different bits and pieces. And fuck me, that atmosphere in there and the loudness. I've been there when it. I've been there when it's empty. Stood in the centre spot and looked around, and it looks huge. Looks massive. When that's it does. Full, and you stand there in the centre spot, it's fucking on you. You, you. There's nowhere to hide. So, going on with the questions, we're on to question six. We're cracking along quite nicely. Um, you did say that you can talk for England, so that's great stuff. Um, Favourite. Yeah, see. Favourite. <laughs> all- yeah, 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 that's it. We'll go out live, yeah. Um, Favourite all-time player? Do you know what? My favourite all-time player is a very difficult question, and, and I, I, I constantly feel like I change it for different reasons. So I have, I have four, <laughs> four okay. I literally do have four all-time players for different reasons. Go on, what's so the if, you, if, if you ask me who do I think had the most quality as a middle player, I'd, my favourite all-time player in that sense is Teddy Sheridan. Without a doubt, I just thought that his touch, his ability, his reading of the game was better than anybody else. If you ask me who epitomised, in my era, who epitomised me or who I thought was a leader, who wore his heart on his sleeve and, and it was Rhino. You know, him growing up for me, watching that that Millwall team and then becoming a the manager and going to Wembley in the um, auto windscreen shield final and we were robbed that day again. I'm glad I didn't have to do ref watch after that one. Rhino just epitomised being Millwall. If you want, if you want to ask me a lot of pure, in terms of my favourite player, in terms of a professional who worked hardest at his trade, who had the skills, scored goals, again, at Tim Cahill, I thought was really, at that time, led to... You could always tell he was going to be something special. and But he, he appreciated, and still does appreciate, what we'd done for his life as much as he'd done for our club. And that's the biggest daylight robbery in, in history, in football history, the fact that we sold him for the we had to. pennies that we I think, that was, I think they had to because he was coming to the end of his contract and they needed to get rid of him. And the story what I've heard is that no one was interested. So Theo was friends with Simon Jordan and Simon Jordan, and it got leaked to the press that Palace were after him. And then literally it started a bidding war um, and and they they were expecting it. They were expecting. I think he's got one of the highest. Um, it was less than that. Total. It was one point yeah. three million, I think it was. Um, and it was only literally that he had to accept it because if they didn't come another couple of months, he was out of contracts and he would have left on a Bosman. He would have left. Yeah, sickening, sickening. Yeah, but that, to be fair, we've notoriously done bad management in terms of business. So we, who's your fourth? The fourth is Neil Harris, right. and the reason Neil Harris, you know, I've spoken to Neil Harris. I've had a drink with Neil Harris. I've even played on a football pitch with Neil Harris because, um, because you know, he's friends with the well, his family is the chairman of my local football team that I coach for. And um, when he, we were at the highest I think I've ever been as a Mule fan. Well, I can remember in terms of looking at the team, thinking flipping hell, we're so special. We just won the league. 
he was top goal scorer and then he get di- he got diagnosed with testicular cancer and, and I really felt and I still feel I, and it's weird because when I talk about it I feel emotional like it happened to someone in my family mm-hmm. and I think a lot of Mill fans felt at that day when it happened that it's the most typical Mill moment where you, you, you think things are finally going alright for you and then something literally does kick you in the balls and the fact that he fought through that and, and come back and the goal at Watford and, and him being held aloft and, the, and he's come back to, to, to he understands me all more than, than anyone else and so that's it's hard for me to not to put him in as my favourite player and I think overall I'd probably say Neil Harris for what he'd done for the club what he's, as, as what he'd done as a manager and, what, and how he gets us I know that he wasn't a great I don't think he was a great tactical manager but he he know he knew how to get the boys up for for the game. Yeah, no, no, no. So so yours is um, Teddy Sheringham. Who is your second one? Sorry, Sheringham, Rhino, Rhino, Cahill, Bill, that's it, and Harris, and then Neil Harris. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're the four that. And it, and if you think there's two up front, there's one in midfield, and there's one at the back. It it's weird because it's the next. Are you, are you, are you gonna ask me about my favourite current player? Mm, not yet. I will do in a little bit. I think. Um, or do I? Uh, yeah, no, it's in a bit, mate. It is right. in a bit. So you're, because I think actually, if, if I if I had to pick my favourite go- like if I had to pick a my favourite goalkeeper, yeah. um, Brian Horn, uh, old school, I thought was absolutely unbelievable, and and meeting him in the um, exec lounge, what so many ab- stories, what an absolute literal, literally, uh, the guy's a legend. And I didn't recognise him because, you know, I remembered him as this spindly little goalkeeper. You know, he was like four foot two, you know, saving penalties all round the, all round the block. And then I met him and he's fucking massive now. Like, you wouldn't want to mess with him. But he's such a nice guy. And um, Hawley was a, a brilliant goalkeeper. But buying Bart this, this season, what an absolutely quality goalkeeper. The first goalkeeper for a long time where I would... Put my mortgage on him making a save, and you just don't you don't really get yeah. that meal. And I think that what a great sign! Honestly, what a great sign! And he's not my favourite meal player at the moment, but probably one of the we've we've suffered with goalkeepers in terms of yeah. reliable goalkeepers. You know, you've, our best guy, Casey Keller always liable for a mistake. Tony Warner always liable for a mistake. Um, and then and then you you're going to upset. You're going to upset. I know. I know. I'm upset. Dental. You're going to upset. He was always always ups- liable for mistakes. Upset Dan as well, mate. Oh well, that's that's oh well. Um, Dave, and then David Paul, always liable for a mistake. You know, the goalkeepers all the way through our through my lifetime. You know, at Millwall, they're always a little bit vulnerable. Whereas Bart, I don't feel that way. And that's other than he's 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 made a couple of mistakes in terms of his distribution, but for a solid, he's such a solid goalkeeper. Anyway, so who's, so who's your favourite all-time manager then? My favourite all-time manager, you know. It would be the doc if I was old enough. You know, I, I can't, I can't make John Doherty my favourite all-time manager because I wasn't old enough at the time to to fully appreciate what he brought to the club. So my favourite all-time manager is Kenny Jacket, and that is for the way I, I I felt he was dignified. I felt that he was a gentleman. I felt, felt like tactically he knew what he's doing. I don't think he ever bought that well, and I don't think he was backed that well. I don't think he was backed well enough. I think that if he was given a bit more money. We would have, we'd have, you know, I know he never really valued youth. He never had the money to, to get our academy up and going. I don't think he used our academy well enough. But I always, you know, took, took the kids to the Christmas party, the Junior Lions Christmas party, and, and Kenny would always be there. And I always remember him taking the time to talk to anybody that would 
don't talk to him. And I remember talking to him for about 10 minutes one year and just thought, what a, the guy knows his football and he, and he, and he's, he, he says things the right way. It's not, he, he doesn't, there's no throwaway comments. There's no, it's not jargon. He means it. You know, he's talking from the heart. He understood our club. I don't think he fully got our fans at times. Um, no, I agree. The way that Harris probably does. You know, yeah. didn't grow up with the codes that, that we've talked about previously. But in, in terms of being an all-round manager, for me, in my lifetime, it's probably, yeah, Kenny Jackett. Okay. Worst Millwall player you've ever seen. And don't fucking <laughs> say the Hoff. <laughs> well, I wanted to say the Hoff. I've done a Twitter thing and, it, and, it, and it's, it's surprising because we do love a bad player at the bin. We do, like I said, we like a scapegoat and it's normally a winger who undeservedly normally gets it. Like I said, with James Henry and Paul Eiffel were two cracking players, but got the ref. There's two, my answer, roughly the same era, and both because of the absolute moron, clown of a person that, you know, I normally ask who my biggest rival is. And like I said, other than the West Ham, and we'll go into that in a little while, but anybody that Ian Holloway is managing is somebody that I dislike. So Grimsby at the moment are a team I dislike purely because of what he tried to do to my club, the way he turned it into a circus. And, and we've never been that. And two players, I think under his reign, it may just be, one of them may just be, but, but Gary Taylor Fletcher, because he was completely yeah, 60, like 60 stone, waddling about the pitch and completely unfit. And, you know, you're just thinking it, it didn't look good enough to play over the park at the stage of his career that we got him. Um, so he, he was t- trying to see him run was literally farcical. You know, you're thinking of funny meal moments. Watch it. He's our own player. And you're watching him thinking, he can't, he, he can't, he can barely move around the pitch. Like, what? He's not a footballer. You know, he's not, he hasn't got a great brain. He had no skill, which you could do if you had a player that was immobile. Sheringham later in his career was immobile, but had a brain. You know, you're just thinking, he looked like he was waiting for his next meal and it was probably at half time. Um, so, Gary Taylor, but the other one was Danny and Gesson. For the, for the opposite reason, I, I feel like he probably had some skill and talent, mm-hmm. but he had the worst, one of the worst attitudes of any player I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, you, as Millwall fans, we demand more than probably most that you work your nuts off. Yeah. Because yeah. you you are, and not that we, I, I know it's silly because most teams will want their players to work hard, but if you don't do that, Millwall, you are going to hear it. You are going to be told, and that's why some of the wingers and like players like Liam Trotter, who got mentioned in um, the worst mill player of all time, which I thought was harsh because he had more talent and did more and scored against West Ham. So he's he gets a pass for just doing that. But Danny Gesson just drove me mental. You know, one of those players where... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because I often feel this, and I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm watching the game, and the ref, I sit in the upper tier, but the ref makes me want to jump over, jump down, like the Cardiff fan did, but land on my feet, run onto the pitch, and absolutely lamp the ref. Danny Ingesson was one of those players where I wanted to physically get on the pitch and hit him because he had the wrong attitude. That's that's the anger that he made that he, he gave me. And <laughs> so on that on that note, then who's the worst player? Um, who's the worst player you've ever seen at the Den? Doesn't not necessarily a Millwall player, but who's the worst well, player? We, like I said, we've had so many. You've had Fat Savage, but the reason I'm going to give it purely for the fact that he can't have been any better for Millwall and worse for teams that we absolutely despise. So. It's, it's got to be Christian Daly. You know, he seems to always turn up at the den and deliver for us. You know, you're thinking, right, it's a big game, Christian. All you need to do is not score in our own goal. Uh, and he seemed to, he seemed to uh, do it. For, I'm sure he's got three, two own goals in, a, in one game, another own goal in another game. He was a part of the West Ham team that got hammered on the Mother, of Mother's Day massacre. He had big flowing locks, so he stood out. But he always seems to have an absolutely awful game against us. So it's probably slightly harsh. There are far more work, there are far worse players that, you know, slink into insignificance. But a big time player playing for two teams that are rivals, yeah. Christian Daly, the love of my life. Okay. So um, the most memorable match um, involving Millwall? Uh, well, that's the most memorable match. That I can remember at the den, you know, it's hard because there's too, there's too many. You support me all for, for, for many years. But that, the, the game that I touched on earlier, is this is not my favourite, but the most memorable was the, the Oldham 5-0. Just because to win the league, you know, like I said, we, we, we don't win much at, at Millwall. In fact, we win very little. Win the league. We had to win that game, the last game of the season, to actually win the league. We've gone up before. We've gone up second when we went to the top flight. We've gone up in the playoffs but and, and you win a, a trophy for that. But to win the league and by beating the team 5-0 uh, and I've got a, a, I'll, I'll move on. It links into to a story that I'll tell you afterwards. But for me, that day w- was everything. That day, the night, but the game, you know, you, you look at the, if you look at the lineup to that game, you had Tony Warner in goal who didn't make any mistakes that day. He was, he was, to be fair, most of the time he was so reliable. You had Shaggy, you had Sean Dyche, Nevercott, Lucas Neal, Stephen Reed, Robbie Ryan, Dave Livermore, Tim Cahill, and then Moody and Harris up front. That is one of the all-time best teams I have ever seen play for Mill. And we absolutely, from first minute to last minute, destroyed them. The sun was shining. And we were winning the league and everyone was it was a party atmosphere. For me, it just it that is the most memorable, 
but more for what happened around it. And like you're saying my most memorable, memorable story. I've got a story that might get me into trouble for the day that how I even got into that game. Because, um, but do you want me to do the story now, or should I do it afterwards? I do it. Why not? Why not? Right, I'll do, I'll do it now. So, because I mean, the um, <laughs> the the I mean, is it a funny story though? Because I mean, the next question along is your funniest ever Millwall moment. So let's do your story, and then afterwards, just do your funniest ever right. Millwall moment. Yeah. All right. All right. So my so so that day, my mum and my mum and dad had just split up. Okay, they 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 they'd gone their separate ways. I was a steward at Millwall, which we'll go back into. Um, when I was 16 and 17, although you shouldn't be a steward at Millwall, again, I might get myself into trouble, but when I was 16 and 17, I was a steward at Millwall because my mum and dad had broken up and I, I, I wanted to go to the games. We didn't have the money to go to games. So I thought the only way I'm going to be able to get in there is by, by working there and going to support the boys. You had to get there an hour and a half before. I had to wear shoes at a Millwall match, which was a bit of a pain in the arse, but I did it nonetheless. So I wore trousers, a white shirt. Well, the Oldham game... I didn't have a season ticket that year and I weren't a steward. That was the, the first year I weren't. So, I, like I said, I was working with me dad and I thought, I couldn't get tickets. So, how, how, how could I get into that game? And I thought, I'm going to have to blag it. So, I turned up at the steward's door in a shirt, in, short, in, in trousers and in shoes where, where you normally go to, to, to welcome in. And I walked in with a suit and tie and I said, I'm a steward today. So, they opened the gate, let me in. And so I got into it. So I knew I was in. The problem that I had was I had to get my dad in. And I said to my dad, look, I used to be a steward on the East Stand. Go and stand by this gate and I'll get the steward by that gate to open the, the gate. They're not, they're, I'm going to walk through this ground with confidence and no one's going to question me. And so I had to walk through each gate round the, what's it called? They went, who are you? And I went, I need to see one of the stewards in the staff. So they're thinking, oh, of course, yeah, no, no worries, me or no one else is going to do it. So I walked Why didn't you just fucking walk around the pitch? <laughs> no, because, well, yeah, but I, I wouldn't, it, it, getting on the pitch, you're, 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 um, you're going to oh, create yeah. more, more attention. Right, so okay, I went okay. right the way round. The That's odd. Uh, That's odd yeah, to it, get, to get round. It was, it, was, it, it was a little bit easier those, in those days. But um, I walked around, I went through the, the different checkpoints and I got to the, the, got to the east stand. And obviously, it's an emergency exit. So I said to the steward, you need to open that emergency exit. We're testing the emergency exit. And he's like, what? No, I've not been told that. I said, listen, mate, why would I be here telling you to open the emergency exit if we weren't supposed to open the emergency exit? Do you think I want to stand like this? And so he opened the emergency exit. My dad was standing there. I said, you need to come in with me. So I've grabbed my dad like he's in trouble. I've pulled him into the ground. And then, obviously, now we're in the east stand where you have to show your tickets and it's allocated seating. And I thought, we can't stay here. So I said, we had to go. I took him, grabbed him through the, the gates to go back to the south stand, where I thought, as soon as we get to the south stand, we'll probably be all right, because I don't think most people will ask me for a ticket. We went to the upper tier. No one asked for, uh, no one asked for a ticket at that stage. We got to block 10, and then just literally, it's an unallocated seating. We, we sat right at the top, and I remember we watched the whole game. I took my shirt off. I had a meal polo top underneath it. Enjoyed the game. Obviously, it was amazing. You know, tears, tears, literally tears flew, flew that day. But then me and my dad afterwards, we went to, to a pub in Surrey Keys, which is now the... Yeah, and, um, So we're in there. We drink, like I said, the, the whole table was full of beer. And mm. you're just drinking and you're... And it was a bit karaoke in there and everyone was having a great time. I remember my dad was sitting down talking to some, some woman, thinking, Dad, we've just won the league. You know, what are you doing talking to this woman? Well, anyway, they were talking for ages and we got her involved and she got up. He ended up marrying her about a year later. 
and you're thinking, what a time to, they, they have people since, but um, he's quite good at that, my dad. <laughs> but um, you're thinking, what an absolute, it's a memorable, in terms of memorable match for me, that's why it goes into the story, but getting into the game, yeah. uh, breaking him in as such, you know, yeah. most people try and break getting out of me, well, well, I had to break to get him in. But yeah, I, I know I shouldn't have done it, and I don't condone anyone trying to do it now. But everyone, I, I think everyone, everyone's everyone's got a story. Everyone's tried to do it. But yeah, so and and that's how I got to see that game um, because, like I said, it was at a time where my dad was going through a real big depression. He needed someone else in his life, and he met her the night that we'd done that. And you think if all of the, all of those things where where the world all comes together, it all it all comes together at the time and. Yeah, what a, what a day that was. So, what's your most, what's your funniest ever moment? Is that it, or is there another one? No, well, no, that's not. Uh, the funniest was uh, you, you've had. I've had many where you, you your interactions with me all fans. You know, a lot of them I can't say, but I, I remember. I'll go back to when I was a steward because you're thinking, as a steward, you're supposed to be watching the fans. You're, and most mill stewards nowadays do because they're not they're not really mill fans. You know, they're they're, they're yeah. hired in. But a, yeah. a lot of the staff those in those days were. You know, like I said, I was 16 or 17, depending on what year it was. But I remember being in block 43. It goes out a little bit. And we were playing Gillingham. And I, I, I don't like Gillingham. I don't know why I don't like Gillingham, but I really don't like Gillingham. shit. Yeah, well, yeah, there are many things that you can say that you're probably not allowed to say. But um, I remember being in the steward in my coat. And it was the, the, the year we won 4-0. And I remember I was, I, we went 3-0 up. And I was laying on the floor, like punching the air. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a steward. What am I like? And I'm laughing to myself on the floor, but I mean, I can't get up. I'm, I, I, I'm just thinking, if I, I'm probably going to lose the job after this and I'll have to find another way to get in. But you just think, and then at the end of that season, people bought, like, I remember a few of the geezers there bought me beer and I was drinking beer with the fans and I'm thinking, I, I'm probably, I, I've, I've got to have been the worst steward of all time at Millwall, which takes some doing because there are some absolute lemons that we've had. But funniest in terms of laying on the floor, screaming, after we'd just gone three new up again while I was supposed to be working there. It's got to be up there for uh, the funniest thing that I could say so, legally. So this next one is obviously um, going to strain onto away games. Um, and obviously you started, you come to your, um, to the spotlight to a degree through, um, through a, a, a YouTube channel. I'm not going to give them a plug. Yes. Um, you, you, you come for a YouTube channel, which has had, is ups and downs, um, drastic ups and downs, shall we say. And then you decided to go out on your own yeah. and it's proved to be very successful. Um, you seem to be doing all right. People like it. You know, I think with the Millwall fans, either people like it or they don't like it. And I think there's one bit of advice what Nick Hart gave. Um, and again, me doing podcasts come from inspiration from Nick Hart was never do anything for other people. Always do it as if you want to watch it. So if you do it as you want to watch it, then as long as you enjoy doing it, probably others will as well. So it, and that, that's obviously where it's worked. You like doing it, people like it. Some fans like it, some fans don't. What's your your best um, away day following Millwall then? Um, I get the, the best away day technically would be the, my, my favourite ever Millwall moment. In fact, probably one of the best moments of my life with the... FA Cup semi-final at, at Sunderland. That the atmosphere, the the fact that the, the game itself, you know, the goal, then holding on for dear life, typical meal, you know, as, as typical as you can get. You're thinking we're going to throw it away. The only thing we did, the only thing that wasn't typical is that we didn't throw it away that day. But by far, that's my most memorable. Recent 
memory was the Leeds game a couple of years ago, the 4-3. And obviously, I'd done the YouTube after that, the, the, the full-time reaction. And I don't ever film myself at football because I'm not to be filmed. Like I said, I don't want to be putting that. You can't... <clears throat> I'm not family viewing. And the drive home that I do is for every fan to watch. You know, it's for... I, I, I do it. I do the drive home because I like talking about Millwall, to be honest. I, I've never I, guessed. I, I, I overanalyze everything and I'm constantly deliberating with myself and thinking, could we have done that? He's a good player. He's done this. And I, and I wanted to get, you know, there's not many adults my age that do that kind of thing. Most of the vloggers at Millwall, at football, are young, they're teenagers, or they, they, they film the, the game. Whereas I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, a Millwall fan reporter. I like to report about the game. And, because I go over, because like I said, I'll be driving home from that Leeds game and I'll be going over what, you know, your ups and downs and you, and you, and you want to talk about it. And normally you do that in a pub, but you drive because I've got the kids and, and we go everywhere all over the country and I'm not on a train or I'm not in the pub like I would be. And I can't talk about it and I can't get it off my chest because I need to. I'm, like I said, it's, it's a drug to me. I need to get rid of that energy. So when I drive home, and, and, and we've won. I, I, I don't feel like I've driven home. I feel like I've flown up, you know, but it's important that the losses that we do gives me that escape, really. And that's why I do the, 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 the YouTube channel. But that Leeds game had everything that you want in a game. You had a sending off. We went 2-0 up and probably the most dominant first half we've had I can, that I can remember, I certainly against a team as, as, as big as Leeds, against the team that I can't I really can't stand them, I can't stand their fans. They're all they all all nearly like I said, when I look at the difference between West Ham and Leeds, and West Ham will always be our rivals. But West Ham fans are like very similar to us. Leeds fans just seem to be wankers. There's no other way of putting it. Absolute wankers. Um they frustrate me that oh we should be at we're premiership club. We've got loads of well no you shouldn't because you don't deserve to be there because you ain't there. You know, no team has an inherent right to be in the top league because they have more fans than anybody else or they're more passionate. It's the great atmosphere at Leeds. That's one thing that's excellent. And that day, you know, 2 0, and you just think he's got to half time, they're down to 10 men. But it's Mill. You never, you're never, you never fully relax as a Mill fan. You just think, right, see him out for five minutes. Obviously, they score 2 1. Then Jordan Archer throws one in as he did on a regular basis. <laughs> 2 2. Then they score a third and you're thinking, you're literally, everyone's, you know, our way end at that stage, forget about the meal atmosphere, our way end was dead. It was flat. It, was, it felt like I was punched in the, absolutely punched in the chest. And you just think, how have we thrown this away? We were killing them. Yeah. And then for, for the one time I ever remember that another team doing it, and it doesn't often get said, Leeds were dominating us with strikers up front. They'd done a meal at the time for a long time. They went defensive. They had three, yeah. two up with 10 men. They took their strikers off. So then they put the pressure back on themselves. Then Tom Elliott scores the only, probably the only good thing that he'd done other than the half turn that I remember him doing, which was yeah. excellent in one of the league games at the den. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he, he puts us at 3-3 and the, the, obviously Jed Wallace running the length of the field and him getting a deflected goal. And then we just, obviously, we went absolutely mad. And I remember singing in the ground ages afterwards and it was just, uh, it was just unbelievable. It felt like the in injury time went on for 20 minutes. And then walking out of that ground, you, you, I felt like I was 12 foot tall. I'm, you know, I was 
I felt massive. I felt like no one could touch me, and I was singing, baiting. You know, it's, Neil, you've got that confidence. you are thinking, you know, when, no matter where we go, sometimes you just think, you are not going to say nothing to me. I am, I am Millwall. Go, like, and I'm proud of my club. I'm proud of my team. And you just, that day was, like I said, it was buzzing out my chest. And we were lucky enough to have, what a great away day. The last game that we had. Yeah. What a way to finish. Like, you know, you think people will, will have, Millwall fans will have passed away during this COVID crisis. And the last game that they will remember will be a 3-0 win at Nottingham Forest. Another big team. And we absolutely, you know, I didn't even celebrate. I couldn't celebrate the third goal. I was so busted from celebrating the second goal, thinking we're 2-0 up, that literally me and my daughter, I had no lungs left. I couldn't, I couldn't even shout. I was just, I was just finished. And you just, Millwall does that to you. You know, no, we yeah. don't get it very often, but when we're on song, when we're all firing, it absolutely overwhelms me. And, I, you know, it's making me miss it. I want to go. It's the worst thing so, you do. It's like, it's like I'm a recovering alcoholic. That's it. No, no, no. You're not the only one. I mean, there's, there's loads of us out there who are in the same, same boat. So you're most, your most disliked opponents. Leeds, is it? No, it's, it's West Ham. My most disliked opponents, the team that I want us to get in every cup draw, the team that I want to hear the atmosphere. Yeah. You yeah. know, I went to Upton Park and it was a proper horrible atmosphere. You know, very similar to the Den. And a, but a proper club. Now... I'd, I'd rather them come to us. I don't really have any interest in going to the Dildo Bowl other than the fact that we will ruin it. You know, we'll take it to a different level as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm not necessarily, I'm talking about violence. It doesn't have to be about violence. It's about attitude. It's about, you know, no one will be in colours. Everyone will be passionate. And, you know, it would be, so it's always West Ham. But the other two, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, the, next, I'll, the, next, the next question is your, um, your top three rivals. So it's, quickly, it's West Ham, Leeds and Palace. I can't stand Leeds because, like I said, with recent history, you know, in 10 years, you might ask me the question and it, it won't be Leeds. It could be somebody else. But at the moment, given the recent history we've had, it, it's, it's, it's them. I can't stand their fans. I can't stand that they think that they're big, Billy Big Bollocks and they're, they're, they're entitled to this and they're entitled to that. Um, so, so it's them. And Palace, I, I, it's weird because we don't have a really recent... History. We haven't played them that that often, but their fans are so. You know, again, it's the fans. It's not the team. I don't really care about the wearing a Palace shirt. It's their fans. Their fans yeah. are moronic. You know, the the Homesdale ultras or whatever the fuck they call themselves. You know, what is like? If you have to wave a banner about and flags and all dress up in black, you aren't fucking hooligans. You aren't proper. You aren't supporters in my mind. You're doing it for show. Football, no, no. football hooliganism, hooliganism, or football passion is not. It's not a show. You do it because it you know, means something. To you. you know the best. The best story around that was, uh, and it's. I think it's on YouTube. It was. Uh, it was a Sky Day when um, Sky were doing transfer deadline day, and it had gone through social media that basically Palace were threatening to do something live on the Sky um, transfer day deadline. And loads of Millwall started getting involved on the forums, just threatening stuff, you know, like, oh, we're going to come over. We're going to do this. If you're coming, if you're having a turnout, we're going to have a turnout. And no one, would, no one was going to do nothing. So anyway, their fanatics turned up with thunder flashes and flares and all this and started rocking them off. All the, all the, all the Crystal Palace fans that were around Sky shit their pants and legged it on their own fans. <laughs> they walked up with that yeah. Sky's killed the Premiership and all this sort of shit. But, you yeah, know, it was funny. 
Um, on, to, on to question eight, nearly, nearly through the questions. On uh, question eight, if you could change anything, what would you change? With regards to Millwall? Yeah, with, retire, with regards to you following Millwall. I'd probably try and say that, you know, I wish I could behave myself better at games, um, but it's never going to happen. You know, the club are either going to ban me at one stage, which will be a travesty for me and a travesty for my kids. Um, and it would, I don't think they really realised it would ruin my family if they did that. So regardless of that, and they might think that, well, you're ruining other people's um, kind of entertainment. But it, it, Mill were a club where if someone told me, if someone said, look, mate, my, like, my daughter's never been to football, would you calm it down? I'd calm it down. You know, if anyone said anything to me, rather than grassing someone up, which is despicable and, and you know, it makes me feel sick. And I'm always worried, you know, if I get, so, I, I, and it happens all the time, I'll get someone that will sit next to me that's never sat next to me before and I'm thinking, they get their phone out and I'm thinking, fuck me, they're texting whatever the, the, the number is and it, this loud prick next to me is swearing and I'm always, I'm always worried about it because, you know, I'd probably give them material to, to do it. But just if, if someone says something, I'd probably be over myself better. But for the club, I, I feel that I don't think it recognises the fans that, that travel, especially the kids. Now, I don't feel like the kids that travel with me all over the country don't get recognised enough. I think we do a lot with the, with the community. I think we do a lot for, for fans that come to the den. But I don't think that the kids, and I know my, my boy's one of them, and so I've probably got a vested interest in it. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I just think that, you know, these are kids that they're not, Again, it's not following Mill is not the same as following other clubs. It's different. So it, the kids that do it, and and you see the same faces all the time everywhere we go. And I, I feel like if they should be mascots, they should be guaranteed to do ball boys or meet a. You know that. You know, I just think we could I, do more for for them. I hundred percent agree. Um, I thought of losing battle, and I think to be fair, now it's not going to change. Not yet. Um, because I think they've invested too much. I think the family enclosure is in the wrong area. I think the family enclosure should be lower tier, not upper tier, um, because I think the joys of going when you're a kid is to be able to get an autograph, lean over the thing, get an autograph, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, And I agree with you. Kids will go to most away games and stuff like that. There should be something at the end of season where they can get, you know, uh, a day at the training ground or you know, a uh, uh, question and answer with a player or, or something with a couple of players or something, just a private we do thing. Like the Junior Lions Christmas party is fantastic, but yeah. that's open to all Junior Lions. So yeah. you don't even have to go to a game. And don't get me wrong, I feel like all of, we, you need to invest in the, the youth. Yep, totally no one, No one in London at the moment, and you look at it, no one in London that hasn't supported me all because of their family is going, do you know what? I'm going to go to... It just doesn't happen. We don't do enough to be able to get those kind of fans because of the stigma that we've been talking about. So, basically, all of our kids, all of the meal that bring their kids along, you don't want to ban because otherwise you lose their kids as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you want them to be involved in the club. And I think we do excellent in that to a certain yeah. degree. But you, I think we need to do something more. Like, to be a mascot at meals like 400 quid. You're like, yeah. that, that's... That's a ridiculous amount of money to do it at Millwall. At other clubs, it's a hundred quid, and you get the kit, and like you get the kit thrown in, and and, and loads of other things. I, I do think like... that I do think that rips the arse out of it. I, I think the yeah. price there rips the arse out of it. Same as I'm also against the the way that the new MSC charge people to do man and match. I think that should be random through season ticket or whatnot and go like that. I understand and, that. And like I said, you said the that's, that's the random, but you think 
what's wrong? You know, I, you're probably looking at about 50 kids that go nearly every game. Yeah. yeah. About 50. It's, yeah. Some, some, some do less, some do more. And, and that doesn't mean that the kids that don't go to the away games shouldn't be recognised, because they should. But I just feel like you want those, those, those boys, those girls to feel... Because, you, you know, we have a very high female, certainly girls that come, yeah. a very high turnout. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's unexpected. A lot of people wouldn't realise it. But yeah. they're the future of the club. Yeah. They need to be respected and appreciated. And because we know for years, our generation, our age, we're scum. Like, even to our own club a lot of the time, yeah. we're scum. You ask yeah. our ex-chairmen and ex-managers, oh, they're... They want us when... When everything's going away, they love us. Yeah. When yeah. we... When, when we do what we normally do, and, 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 and Kenny Jackie used to say, they're, they're, they're one step away from the next, you know, the next FA hearing. And we are. That's not going to change. And it, it shouldn't change because that's who, that's, that is being Mill. And you're never yeah. going to take that out of the actual fans. So appreciate the youngsters that are coming up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, what it, like, I don't mean financially. I don't think it should, it just should be, like you said, a training session or, meeting a player or something that just makes them even more connected to the club that they love. Absolutely. You know, you ask those, you know, ask those boys and girls who, who they could tell you all the players. They don't, they're not sitting there on the, on their mobile phones or on their iPads. They're watching the game. They're, they're involved. They're, they're shouting out at the referee or the linesman. You know, they're, they're being, you know, one of my favourite memories is, is Norwich away a few seasons ago. And the kids were digging out the club photographer. You know, the club photographer of Norwich turned around. He's taking pictures. And they're like, you can't take pictures of us. We're Millwall. And then he swore at one of them. Like, he, he swore at one of them. And then, obviously, the geezers get involved. Like, oh, you, the, the words that were coming out. And um, then he gets a bit irate. And he's shouting at kids. And the kids are shouting back at him. You're thinking, they're, they're Millwall. Like, they are Millwall. They're a little bit unruly. But they're not, they're not, they're not swearing at him. And then the police come up and say, what's wrong? And the, the, the photographer ends up getting flipping lifted. He starts, he starts having an argument with the police officers and he gets arrested at the ground. You're thinking, and a massive win for the Millwall youth of, what's it called? Um, and, and that's what our club's about. You know, it's just, yeah, we are a little bit uncouth, a little bit unruly, but that's, the, the, that's what I'd, if I could change anything, I'd just appreciate the club's youth and, and really make them part That's a great of the point. Because no, they I, are it. I fully agree with you there. I fully, I, I think, I think the point you raised there is fully agree. So, question 19 then. We've got 20 questions, two questions left. Le we're, we're leasing. Stop your heart failure now. Um, all time favourite shirt? So, home shirt is the Lewisham top flight shirt. Yeah. The, 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 the two blue and they, and they put a replica out which was awful you know the, the replica of, of it is not a very good replica who I am I've got you know tattoos and, and all of that because I'm proud to, to show who I am you don't do it away on you because it's silly you're just going to end up getting yourself in trouble even me and my daughter going to Nottingham Forest is a good example um, we went up to Forest to, to watch the game we're there about two and a half hours because we left early we're there two and a half hours they wouldn't let us into the, the Weatherspoons about Near the, near the ground. They'd ask us for match tickets. I said, I haven't got match tickets. We're not football fans. They went, you are football fans. Where's your match tickets? So I showed them, obviously, that they're not letting me all win. I'm with my 18-year-old daughter. Like, what am I going to... I'm not hardly there for a tear-up with my 18-year-old daughter, but they wouldn't let us in. 
uh, and you just so and that's with without colours. They didn't stop anyone else coming in. They didn't ask them for Matt. I've obviously got the face that looks like I'm a hooligan. But then we went to a little Greek restaurant right outside the city ground and had a flipping great meal in there. So it ended up working working out okay. But it just shows you that I think representing the club is important. Yeah, yeah. When you're yeah. going away. So that Lewisham 88, 89 top. I, I really like the South London Press one with the with the lion on it, kind of a yeah. navy blue. But I've got every you know, I, I collect the shirts. I've got every shirt since, I think since 1986, I've got every shirt home and away. Um, and funny enough, the missus, I had to get a few out of the cupboard and put them in a box to go in the loft because um, I like breaking them out every now and again. And when I do the, because, I, you know, me and Zach do the FA Cup draw. So when I do videos like that, I'll put on a, on a shirt because you, you're trying to get other people involved in supporting me. It's not necessarily just a meal fans. It's an FA Cup live reaction. And so I'll break out a, a, a different shirt for that. But I've, we've had some really great ones. And do you know what? My, my best away one, although I like the white and green Captain Morgan one, I really like this year's away top. Away top. I think it's 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 really nice design. It's a great colour. I always feel like we we play well in that in that kind of yellow. You know, again in the top flight we had that that yellow away away kit. But I really like this one. And obviously. You're never going to forget Jason Malumbe doing the old robot dance when he thought he scored in that top. So, yeah, I really like I really like this year's away top. We've had some really great kicks over the years, but um, yeah, the '88 one's my, so, my favourite. Last question, um, and again, thank you very much for your time. It's been good. Your last question is your best piece of Millwall memorabilia you own. So, although I collect shirts, I don't really collect memorabilia, and, and you'll be surprised to know that. I only have one player's shirt. Out of the, the amount of times that I've gone away and they give the players give the shirts out, and it's only it's not me. It's Zach, Zach got one from uh, from one of the from Aidan O'Brien, funny enough, who who came round to, to our house for for his birthday, which was unbelievable at the time. Um, and he gave him a, a match shirt. It's been really nice, but that's the only match shirt that that, that I've got. Um, but the best bit of memorabilia I've got is I've got a, a picture of the, the old den. So it's a painted picture and there was 50 of them made and it's signed by all of the players that played in the, the game, the, the last game. So it's got their actual signature. You can see it's not, it's not a copy. So that's the best thing I, and, and it's literally at the top of my stairs. So when I, when I go up to bed, it, it, it's there. And, you know, as you come into the house, you can, you can see it. That's, that's probably the best thing that I own, signed by all the players and the manager and a, and a reminder to me of what the old den was and what it means means to me and Look, means to the clubs. So. Do you know, I never, in all the time as fan on the board, I never, and I still don't, I've never not had a match-worn shirt. I've not got a match-worn shirt. I, yes. I do want one. I mean, I was cleaning up the other day. I've got one here, actually. I was um, clearing up um, the other day, and uh, and uh, the madness is... Hang on one sec, and I'll find it, if my magic. Oh, Paul Daniels, isn't he? That's it, mate. That's it. Is that the... <laughs> Does no, uh, that make me Debbie McGee? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I've got a... Um... You're not going to get your balls out of the box, are you? No. No, not at all. Don't panic there, mate. Um, <laughs> I've got... Yeah, look. A Millwall, Millwall official match ball from the Carling Cup from um, 2008-9 season. 2008, so 12th of August 2008. I've got it. I was fucking... Um, CP help. We probably would have lost. We were yeah. terrible in the league cup. We've had yeah, one, we one good. We did lose one good. Yeah, one good First game. One well. good run in the league cup. 
Was it first round? Yeah. <laughs> Probably lost on penalties. We've been terrible with them. <laughs> I, t- I shouted down, right? The ball, the ball come off the pitch and it went down into the, into the, um, into the stand. I've leaned over and I've gone to the steward down at the bottom or the ball boy. I've gone, um, all right, fella, give us a ball in. Thinking, you know, you chance your luck like you did. You chance your luck, you think, nah, it's never going to happen. And he went, what? I went, the match ball, just there, give us a ball. And he went, oh, hang on. Went and got it and just went, there you go. And I fucking shoved the ball, mate, and kept it. <laughs> and well, I was did, like, did, no, you're not going to Didn't someone do that recently and get flipping banned? We've both done two things that we shouldn't have done, but we've done it. So don't yeah. Panic, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure some, did someone do it then recently when they took the ball out? Yeah, and yeah, they legged getting... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I think for, for a ball, like literally, what? How hard up are a club where they lose a ball and and they, they send the old Bill round knocking on your door? But um, no, but that, that, you know, I've got, I've got, like, I've got quite a few. I've got some other bits and pieces, memorabilia and stuff with, over my time and. Some of it it means more than that, but that was just a great one because literally you just—it's a proper match ball, um, and it was kicked out of play. They threw another one on and got got the Carling Cup. So yeah, I'm happy with that. It's a it's a claim to fame, isn't it? So so look, Tony, um, yeah, that was who are you? So we know a bit more about you now. Um, and before we click off, um, give us your give us your channel. What? What's your channel and when does it come on and what do you do in case no one's ever seen your channel and you want people to come and see you? Well, if, they, if they've never watched it, they're probably not going to watch it. They probably won't want to watch it because I am very, like you said, you're either going to like me or you dislike me. I'm, I'm a Mark Mike kind of character. And like I said, I, my, what I do is I, I report on the game afterwards. So whether we're home or away, my, my boy normally gets involved. My boy normally gets involved. He um, knows his football. So we talk about the game, we talk about the atmosphere, we talk about the away fans and we do ref watch. And that's on the Millwall Drive home on YouTube. Um, I've got, you know, I like interacting with fans on, on Twitter. And what I, I feel that the reason that it's important to me about doing YouTube, you know, I've never made any money from it. I don't, I don't do it for that. I do it for the fact that more people come up to me and talk to me about Millwall. And that, that can't, people, I, I believe, respect my opinion they don't agree with it all the time because you shouldn't football's a game where football is a game of opinion so you're gonna two people will be sitting next to each other all season and have completely different views of the same player yep you know exactly so i feel like you don't have to agree with my point of view but it comes from a place of passion it comes from a place of of i try to be as honest as possible I am biased. There's no doubt about that. You know, sometimes a lot of time you'll have away fans coming on saying, um, "Well, you, oh, that was a foul. It's a penalty." You're thinking, "I am Mill at the end of the day." So I try to see it and say it how it's how I perceived it. But you know, you also I've not had the. Ch- I don't write notes. I don't get to see a replay. It's just literally the thoughts of me. Yeah. yeah, while I'm driving, you know. No, that's and it. We, there was a. There's a video of Gary Rampit, funny enough, and um, the, the club have started doing interviews in the car, which I think is a great idea. I, I would have done it myself, but um, the, he's dry. You could see that he's doing an interview, but he constantly keeps taking his eyes off of the road. Now, yeah. you, the important thing for me is I'm driving with my kids in the car. The important thing is to drive, but you, because I, where the camera's position is positioned right where the wing mirror is, so I'm constant. When I'm, it sometimes look 
it's like I'm looking at the camera, but actually I'm not, I don't need to look at the camera. I'm, I'm looking at the wing mirror to check what's behind me, but I love doing it. Like Mill TT on the, um, on the Twitter, Mill will drive home is the YouTube channel. And when I do it after every game and every now and again, I'll do a video. So I'll, you know, question during the summer transfer window, if we're going to buy someone. And like I said, me and Zach always do a live FA Cup draw because of the, the way that the club has been and, and the, you know, the memories that the, 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 um, the cup has had for us. And I think it's exciting to do it rather than watching it on BBC where it, it's a bit mundane. You get proper fan reaction and, and, I, and I really love doing it. You know, something that I was gutted when we went out purely because of the fact that we didn't get to do the, uh, the FA yeah. Cup live draw. But that's me. And, I, and if, if I say one thing about our current team, you know, we've got a decent manager at the moment. And I know, I, I'm not saying we're going to go to the Premiership or we've got a, we've got a small chance of going up if, if this if this league does come back and if it doesn't it doesn't yeah. but we've got some a lot of good quality players you know Hutchinson Wallace and a good goalkeeper we've got a good squad at the moment a good meal squad and if yeah. we get back to playing yeah. we've got every chance of, of you know five games in London at seven left we've got a chance of going up so that's it let's leave it there so look thank you very much you've been listening to Who Are You and our guest this week was Tony Thomas from the drive home uh, all full details of his show are going to be in the show notes uh, below you can find a link straight to his YouTube channel you can understand the fella's got some passion he loves me all have a click on his YouTube channel uh, you might just decide to subscribe and join him if you want to be part of this that's no problem just DM us on Twitter uh, which is 1885 podcast, or you can email us. Full details are below. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you were listening to that Millwall podcast, and this was Who Are Ya? At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, Jerry. It's over. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.